Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me to my immediate right on the other side of the glass making everything happen is Mr. Rob Center, our fabulous uh, producer on The Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. We're so glad to say we're going to start out with a guest this morning, Linda Schlegel-Culver's on the line, state representative in the 108th District. And uh, she's been very busy throughout the pandemic, monitoring this, helping. Uh, did you get a vacation? Do you guys get any kind of a break throughout all of this, Linda? Uh, no vacation for me this year. Um, just too much going on. Uh, I mean, you can take a break when we're not in Harrisburg in session. Um, some people have exercised that right, but I just, at this time, it's not the right time for at least our district, so um, I'm here. I'm working every day. Well, they say every day is a holiday if you get to work a job the way you do with uh, such a zeal and interest and passion, so uh, everybody appreciates that around here. Well, let's talk about school. We're going to be ready to get schools back, and you certainly are uh, monitoring this topic as students go back to school. What's your view on the safety of this? and uh, whether or not schools should open in person. So, uh, yeah, I do think schools should open in person, but with some options. Um, I've always said that this pandemic has affected everybody quite individually, and I think parents and students need to do what they're most comfortable uh, doing. And if that is going back into the schools, um, then that's what they should do. If that is keeping them home and doing a cyber program with the school, I think that's what they should do. And some are doing a hybrid. I know that schools, um, I've been in dialogue with our superintendents for months, and they have been preparing for months, you know, with the uh, acrylic screens on every desk to making sure there's mask and there's sanitization to, um, you know, maybe the teacher moves to the classrooms and the students stay at the desk just for the safety of the student, you know, half of the students in the morning, half in the afternoon. Um, Every school is different as to their approach, um, but every school has been really thoughtful. Um, they've done um, at least one or two uh, surveys back home to parents and students to get a good feel for what they're thinking and how they're feeling. But um, I've had some conversations with some ER docs and um, some other folks, and there's a major concern of the mental health of, you know, just from young children on up through senior citizens, and I think it'll be a good check uh, to get the students back in the classroom to see if there's any unmet need while they're home, and if there is, how do you make that, you know, how do you meet that need? Um, so yeah, I think it's important to get them back, or in some fashion, get them learning and get them connected with other students and their teachers again. Linda, I've known you long enough and well enough to know that you'll answer this question, not politically, but straightforward. How do you rate the job done by the Secretary of Health and the governor in this pandemic? Are you satisfied, dissatisfied, or what? 
So, I mean, what a horrible position to be in. Um, you know, the science changes every day, and that's what they're trying to base their decisions on. I obviously have not agreed um, with every decision that they have made, but I, I don't have the same information they have. I'm not in the room with them when they're making that decision. And I have called the governor's office multiple times, um, pretty much after every time he speaks, saying, did you think about this? Did you do that? Um, one of the most recent was the PIAA. Um, when they said nobody could be in the stands, and my first call was, do you understand that these children are not 18 years of age? Do you understand the risk of playing a sport? And if the parent is not there and the child gets hurt, the only thing they can do is life-saving measures until they get a hold of the parent. Um, so they said they'd never thought of that. So I think it's important to be dialoguing with as many people as you can. And as you know, our constituents aren't shy about talking to us if they see us out or calling us or texting me. Um, that's the direct connection. And I think the governor should use the legislature more, um, just sort of kind of feeling us out to see where our constituents are at. And, and you know, we're a diverse state, and I've always said that. Um, I think the actions that the governor took early um, you know, looking at each county as a whole, we're important. I think that, you know, making sure our hospitals were well-staffed, had the capacity and the supplies to manage the disease. I don't know when we shifted, though, from making sure that we had the capacity to just numbers, because there's a lot of controversy around how we're getting the numbers, how many times the person is tested, and how many times that counts. Um, so we're working through that right now. I mean, I... I don't envy his position. I will never badmouth anybody holding that position, but I have not agreed with everything that he has done. Um, but I have vocalized that. Uh, I'm not shy, you know, to do that. But I've done so respectfully. I think what somehow is missing during this pandemic and all the other things going on is just a mutual respect for human beings. We don't have to agree. Um, and I think we learn most when we don't agree and we can talk it through. But we seem to be, you know, on the mask team or the unmasked team, and there's no middle ground. I think we need to respect where everybody's at. And I think we need to understand that some people are more vulnerable than others. And if they're wearing the mask, respect it and stay six feet away from them. Um, so, yeah, I think we've become extremely polarized through this um, pandemic. And I think we need to take a step back, take a breath. And, and look at everybody individually and say, okay, we need to learn how to be mutually respectful of each other. And that goes both ways. It's an interesting comment. We talked to a history professor today that said whenever there's a protest, if you disagree with them, you'd be wise to go and to listen and hear what they say, whether it's like the conservative uh, protest or rally that was held uh, two weeks ago or uh, some of the Black Lives Matters or other rallies that are around here. You might you might accidentally learn something while you're there. You never know. And uh, decrease the polarization. Uh, uh, while we're on the subject of uh, sports and your earlier comment and high school, uh, sh- high school school sports you you're okay with safely conducted high school sports also yeah i mean these students don't get these years back um some of them have been working their whole lives towards a scholarship um you know towards playing at an upper level of sports uh, and if you ask any coach um of any sport you know they'll tell you i mean there's a conditioning that needs to happen you know your muscles have memory and and you need to keep that going i think it should be i think they should as provide these sport as safely as they can provide it following CDC guidelines um, and allow the students to make the choice whether they feel like they want to um, in conversation with the parents. But, you know, it, you know, it shows that it's good for their mental health. It's, you know, good to get out their frustrations. 
Um, and some people just have a love of sports, and, and that is their thing. So I think we need to make that opportunity available. I know the PIAA has done a, a, just a, a crazy amount of research uh, into the science of it, speaking to physicians and infectious disease doctors, and um, they are really going into this from a thoughtful approach to try and figure out what is best for these student athletes. And I think they're going to make their decision uh, next week um, on this issue. Or maybe it's this week, I think. Yeah, it'll be this yeah, week. Yeah, I think it's Friday. Yeah, so I know they've given uh, a lot of conversation um, with students, with uh, parents, uh, with, you know, uh, athletes from all around, I think, the Commonwealth. I know they've spoken with the governor's office and the secretary. So I'm anxious to see what they say, but um, they've come at it from a really thoughtful perspective. If there was a trigger out there that would, you know, make you want to say, maybe we've gone too far, maybe we should shut down, what would it be? Oh, I mean, the trigger, I think, should be what it always was. Um, is your hospital staffed? Do they have the capacity and do they have the equipment um, to treat the population? And as long as we can answer yes to that, I think we're okay. I think if we follow CDC guidelines, um, everybody then has to make the individual choice. Do I feel safe going out? You know, should I go out? But I think we should follow CDC guidelines, and I have not talked to anybody who hasn't said that. And when you talk to our restaurant owners who are struggling terrible right now, um, they have said, I mean, they have outdoor seating. That is clearly the most popular at this point. Um, a lot of people are not comfortable going into an inside event at this point. Um, but that's a choice. But I, I think we should allow, and I said this from the very beginning to the governor's office, I said, why are you, instead of picking and choosing who can open and who can't, set a standard. Here is the standard, and if you can meet the standard and it's safe, you can open. And then people get to make the choice if it's safe enough for them. Hi, and one other follow-up question on that. Um, well, maybe it's not exactly on that, but with the kids playing football and, and sports and the, the concern over whether or not these are triggering events, uh, what, am I, what I really was curious about is do you see anywhere, anything there that would cause you to want to shut it down or, or back the kids out of school? Would it still be, you know, a 10% increase or a 20% increase? And the same thing with restaurants. What's magic about 25% and they're not going to be able to sustain that when the weather gets cold? What about 50%? Right. I mean, if you would naturally tell them every table has to be at least six feet apart, um, a lot of them have put screens between tables. They've moved them six feet apart, uh, and they wouldn't be at full capacity, but I think they, you know, restaurant owners can't afford to have themselves. They're, they're workers, and, and they don't want the reputation that they made their customers sick. <laughs> so they're taking every precaution that they can take. I think if you set a standard and, and they can meet it, they'll meet it. Um, and I think we need to allow people to operate to their comfort level. All right, some other topics briefly here. The mail-in uh, voting system in Pennsylvania seemed to work fairly well in the primary, although I, what we were counting ballots in Philadelphia late into the week and maybe the following week. But other than that, uh, any uh, concerns that you have for mailing mail-in voting in Pennsylvania as we head towards the general election? Yeah, I mean, we're supposed to go back and make some changes to it based upon what we've heard from, you know, the mail service and our voter registration offices, and it's just too tight uh, for them. They need a larger window when mailing out the ballots and getting them back. 
um, and the ability to get a receipt out to the individual so that they know their vote counted. Um, there's been talk about, you know, clocking in or putting a um, date on them when they get them at voter registration, uh, making sure they're postmarked. I mean, voter registration gave us a lot of great feedback on things that should be tweaked and changed, and we're working with the Senate and the governor's office now, um, hoping to come to an agreement so that we can uh, do that before the uh, general election. Do you agree with the president that mail-in voting leads to fraud? We, we didn't experience that in Pennsylvania, uh, but uh, do you, can you offer assurances, I guess? I mean, there is definitely some concern, I mean, on everybody's part, and um, I mean, I still always encourage people, if you can get out to vote, exercise that right. Um, get out there and vote. It's important. Um, we as Americans seem to take that for granted, and I just want to say today is the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage, um, the 19th Amendment. It was ratified on this day 100 years ago, and people seem to forget it took women 100 years before that to work on getting that right to vote. And, you know, women protested, women marched, women spoke on street corners. They had conventions. They were thrown in jail. They went to court, um, all in the name of women getting that right to vote. So today is a really important day uh, when we're talking about voting. So I just wanted to hit on that quickly uh, while we're on that topic. But um, I think there's concerns. There's always concerns when you're voting. And, and if somebody wants to cheat the system, uh, you know that. They're going to try to do it. And we just need to make sure that people have confidence in the uh, way that they vote and that we can guarantee that there's integrity in the way that they vote. So I know the biggest issue we're having right now is people are getting from multiple um, nonprofits, um, you know, you need to do your mail-in ballot and people are concerned and they're confused. Uh, what we've been telling them is go to your voter registration office or we're giving them the website they can do, go to to register directly uh, with the Department of State or uh, the Office of Voter Registration. But some people are getting six and seven pieces of mail to do the mail-in ballot, and that's causing some alarm to them. I mean, we know that through the primary, some people got six mail-in ballots. Um, some people's husbands who have been passed or spouses have been passed got mail-in ballots. So there is some concern, and uh, we want to make sure that we can make sure that it's there's integrity when you're voting. But in Pennsylvania, you have to request a mail-in ballot, right? They're not just going to be automatically sent to everybody. Correct, yes. Okay, so I can understand that system can work because it's not entirely different from absentee ballots, which are tried and true for, what, the past century. So, yeah, and I think we thought it would be similar, so we thought that would work. But what about what about the unrestricted balloting that or mail-out of ballots that's taking place in some states? Uh, if that was proposed in Pennsylvania, would you support that? No, I mean, that's concerning, um, and I think we assume then we know what people want. I think people need to get to, should be able to make that choice. I want to do mail-in balloting, I don't want to do mail-in balloting. Um, I want to show up at the polls or I don't. I mean, I think they should be able to make that choice for themselves. I don't think we should make an assumption as to what they want. Well, now they're allowing extra days for the mail-in ballots. Why not allow extra days to vote in person, you know, so they have time to clean the polling place people wouldn't have to endure long lines. Has that any thought been given to that? No, and I, I would think the difficulty is that is finding poll workers. I mean, they have a hard enough time getting poll workers for the day of voting. Um, it's a long day of dedication for all of those workers who don't make a lot of money doing it. Um, I, I would think the concern would be from the registration offices or the election offices is we won't be able to staff it for a few days. 
Can we switch directions for one minute, and then I'll turn it back to Mark? We've asked sure. uh, Senator Gordner this question. I'd like to ask it of you as well. How have your constituents fared with our unemployment system? You have many people that are still waiting to see benefits after all this time? We do. Uh, we have some that haven't seen a penny um, for both PUA and um, unemployment, and we are still working with them. As of this week, we have helped over a 1,000 of our constituents with unemployment and PUA, and I'm still getting calls daily. I haven't received anything. Um, people don't want to be a burden. People don't like asking for help, so they keep thinking it'll happen, and it's not. Um, the system was completely overwhelmed, understaffed. There was problems with um, the computer system. It was old and antiquated, and they were getting ready to go to a new one. Um, so they have been struggling to still keep up. And you know, some of the issue is, you know, when you've never applied for unemployment, you don't exactly know what you're doing. And if you, you know, check a wrong box or you input something different than they have it in the system, like your name, you know, you don't use your middle name, and that's what they have. Um, it can hold it up. So it's not an easy process as a whole, um, but this just, it was overwhelming for them, and uh, we are still working um, with a lot of constituents trying to get them what they need. Well, the $600 that the President or the Congress authorized, if they haven't gotten any benefits to this point, do they just not get that, or do they get the $600 even though the program has ended because they applied when it was in force? I actually don't know the answer to that. Um, I can find out, uh, but I don't know the answer to that one. All right. Well, I, I, Joe's one of your constituents, so you can answer one of his questions in the conventional fashion. Uh, how about she pending, always does, Mark. How about pending legislation? Uh, there's a constitutional change that's uh, pending that would uh, uh, sort of uh, devolve the governor's role during emergency powers or maybe just the duration of those emergency powers. Your view on that, I guess it would have to go through a couple of years of legislature. So it passed once through the House and the Senate, and it has to pass in two consecutive sessions. So our new session technically starts December 1st. Uh, I assume it'll be one of the first items of legislation that we do, and if we do it soon enough, um, I think it has to be three months of advertising um, before the primary. We'll get it out there before the primary. And this isn't against the current governor. Um, this is a basically we found that it's an issue with checks and balances and it's in response to what our constituents are asking us for um, and it gives you know the public a little bit more choice so are you aware of what the two amendments are there's actually three but are you aware of what they are uh, I only recall talking about the one that is a specific referendum for uh, after X amount of time the governor wouldn't be able to do the constitutional uh, or, or the emergency power without legislative approval so it would allow a governor um, to do an emergency declaration and if they want to renew it uh, after 15 days, they have to get the approval of the legislature, both the House and the Senate. Uh, and, and when they pass the current laws that they're working off of, that probably would have been problematic because we weren't able to vote remotely. Uh, but now that's not problematic because we can pretty much address it immediately. Um, so it's not problematic. The second thing uh, that it does is if the legislature decides that we need to rescind an emergency declaration, uh, it gives us the authority to do so without the signature of the governor, which is how we actually think that it is, but the courts disagreed with us, um, and the governor ended up vetoing that. And the third element I think you just talked about, too, 
It, the third element was it just has actually nothing to do with governor's powers. It's a non-discrimination clause, and it brings Pennsylvania's Constitution up to um, where the U.S. Constitution is. Um, I'm not sure how that got thrown on there. It was over in the Senate, so I wasn't privy to that conversation, but it came over to us that way, so that's the third piece. Okay, and then another piece of legislation involves helping families that are incurring increased cost for education, whether I believe it's whether it's high school or, or uh, secondary or primary school or uh, college, $1,000, uh, up to $1,000 per family. Explain that law idea, that bill. So we haven't caucused that one yet, um, so I, I don't have a lot of detail on it. I think it was a way to help families that want to continue to educate their children or want to do so in uh, another manner. Um, so it gives them that freedom to be able to do that. And again, it gives families a choice, um, and I think that's what's important. Can we switch back a minute to the unemployment compensation issue? The president uh, and the executive order authorized I think $400 a month, but the states are supposed to contribute 100 bucks of that. And the governor said Pennsylvania can't afford that $100. Do you agree with that? Uh, he is probably correct. Yeah, we are looking at, we believe, um, but we're still collecting, you know, because we, we extended our collection times. Um, we will know better in August, late August, early September where we're at, but we are anticipating approximately a $5 billion budget hole. And I said that with a B billion. Um, so it's very concerning. Uh, we're hoping that's not as bad as it looks, but that's sort of the worst case scenario. Um, there have been figures that show it a little less. Um, so he is probably correct at this point. It's, it's, it would be a burden for us. Any estimate on how you might try to close that gap? Um, we are looking at different things right now. Um, no, nothing specific because I think we're trying to see um, what is our collections from our taxes and will there be any money, any more money coming down from the federal government um, to help the state uh, with budgets and with programming or wherever it goes. So we, we don't have a good feel. I mean, there's areas that we're looking at, um, but you know, it's always difficult to cut an existing program because it does have impacts on individuals and that's difficult. So I think we're, we're hoping that the federal government comes through with some funding for us and um, that our collections come in. I know we had record um, car sales, um, cars and truck and motorcycle sales in June and July. Um, I don't know what August looks like, so we're hoping that the economy keeps turning around. Uh, that will help us with our budget. Uh, anything important you would like to add or to tell us while you have the open mic? Uh, maybe repeat something you've had to tell m multiple constituents. Anything else on your mind today? So I, I think it's important to know that you know our restaurants are really struggling, and supporting them is really important right now. And we're going back to do a package of bills to hopefully give our bars, restaurants, and clubs some relief. Um, but it, I think struggling and probably the least recognized right now are our fire and EMS workers. Um, you know, their bars have essentially been shut down or down to 25%. Um, and that money goes towards, you know, apparatus, keeping their building operating, equipment for our firefighters and our EMS. They haven't been able to have any of their fairs or festivals their parades, um, not their large dinners, a lot of takeout dinners, um, but that's kind of nickel and diming it. That's not covering the bills, that's not covering the necessary equipment to keep them safe. So if anybody finds that they have some extra money that they would like to donate to any of our fire companies, it would be extremely welcomed at this time 
and we're working on a couple of things locally and both at the state level. But it seems when there's money that comes through, oftentimes they are left off the list. So we're trying to rectify that now. But just bear in mind that, you know, they're still in need in all of our clubs, all our veterans clubs, uh, you know, the Mooses, the Eagles, uh, all in desperate need right now. So just remember to support them because they've always been in great support of our communities. All right. Well, thank you thank so you, much Linda. for the information. Thanks for your help. Keep us informed. You have an open mic here anytime. And, uh, boy, as, as some of these elements of legislation go through, keep us keep us up to date on them. We'd appreciate that. Thank you so much, Linda Schlegel-Culver. Thanks, Linda. Thank you. Have a great day. You appreciate too. That. 108th District uh, State House member, Linda Schlegel-Culver, based in Sunbury, has a couple offices around here serving parts of Northumberland and Snyder County, and uh, very active monitoring this, and no time for a vacation. I was a little bit surprised to hear that. You know, often you don't hear from the legislators uh, for a couple weeks because they're busy doing doing real work, and uh, you think maybe they get a day off. But well, uh, and she pointed out something so. very important histor- historically today is the anniversary of women having 100 years of the vote. How about that? I'll bet if this were 120 years ago, she'd be a suffragette. It would be politically incorrect today, but do you remember the old Virginia Slims commercial, You've Come a Long Way, Baby? Oh, sure. That would be politically incorrect today, but women <laughs> certainly have come a long, long way in these past 100 years. Baby? Well, no There's baby to it. <laughs> Say that again, Joe. I said no baby to it. They've come a long, long way. Amen. There's still a lot of summer left, but time is running out to save on a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. It's the Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia. But you have to hurry in before these deals fade away like the summer sun. Sunbury Motors Kia offers you the low price promise on every new Kia on the lot. Just listen. 2020 Kia Serenos with up to $7,200 off. As low as $23,998. 2020 Kia Sportages with up to four grand off. Starting at just $22,793. Plus, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you top trading value for your current vehicle. Bring your trade, look for a sticker, and save. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Just to show you how are we going out, just to show you how fast Linda is, she got me an answer to that question. You will get the $600 if you applied for it and were eligible during the time period that that was being offered. All right, we got you. All right, we thank Linda Schlegel-Colmer for checking in. Uh, Next up is CBS News. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury, 9 a.m. Good morning. We can. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is directly opposed to me and unable to see reality in a objective fashion, but we're so glad that he comes sorry, in. sorry, you say something, I've got my Fox trumpets. I know. you got those funnels in your ears so you can hear Fox. Uh, but we appreciate that. And I notice uh, Fox 
news last night didn't show the Democratic National Convention, but it was on MSNBC and on CNN. So oh, they and they were just gushing over everybody. Oh, were it was they? just wonderful. I didn't watch it. I listened to a few of the speeches this morning, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just think Rachel Maddow said she didn't breathe for 18 minutes when Michelle Obama was speaking. I think if that were <laughs> true, she it. would no longer be with us. <laughs> and you're hoping she hadn't breathed for that long, right? No, no, just kidding. No. But uh, yeah, I, I saw the opening uh, Star Spangled Banner, which was very inspiring, and some of the remarks, and then they had uh, a pretty good lengthy segment that related to Black Lives Matter, so I kept looking up uh, related to that and discrimination, and um, so that was, uh, that much was interesting, but then I fell asleep, so that well, was one the of, end one of the that. commentators said, if you believe the vision of America they are they portrayed last night, you would wonder why anyone would want to come here from a foreign country, because we're all bigoted, we're all, you know, Bible-beating, gun-toting bigots. Not that they're, well, <laughs> aside from the last one, I was about to wear the other two, but you ruined it. <laughs> Bible-believing, gun-toting, what else? Bigots. Oh, I'm not a bigot, so at least I try not to be. Well, they made it sound like you wouldn't really want to come here, like it was one one correspondent referred to it as a, painted a picture of a dystopian hellscape. Oh. <laughs> but that's what uh, the geez. country is. Okay. Well, to the, the pres- Democrats. Our current president has certainly uh, taken the country in the wrong direction, but I don't think we're uh, quite in pure purgatory just yet. On the market sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. You can call us 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You are welcome to email us at onthemarket.com. And we have three emails pending, so we'll glance at those shortly. You can also text us at 70236. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, one of our good texters has uh, filled the text basket up with the text. So uh, we'll take a look-see and uh, check that out. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Stan. <laughs> we always appreciate uh, your good text, so we'll be looking for more today. Uh, in the news, briefly, a former football coach at Bucknell who gave up the job in 2019 is now suing, say the university forced him out because of his age. Penn Live reporting Joe Susan, who is 65, sued the federal court in, sued in federal court in Williamsport, seeking damages in excess of $75,000. He says uh, Penn Live reports Susan resigned the coaching position, served as a special assistant. The suit says the university made a decision in 2018 to replace him with a younger coach. The group that oversees Pennsylvania school sports is signaling again that it's seriously considering moving ahead with the fall season despite the governor's recommendations that schools bail on athletics until 2021. Melissa Mertz, associate executive director of the PIAA, says she feels fairly comfortable they can hold sporting events safely. And meantime, State Senator John Gordner tells us that the Senate's PIAA Legislative Oversight Committee will hold a hearing today at 11 a.m. You can link to that live at WDKOK.com. In the month of June, there were many rallies and protests around Pennsylvania. How about 400 different protests in each of the small towns around here? And Laura Putnam, a research professor at the Department of History at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, says that's more than ever before. She says, fortunately, this has been primarily led by young people. And that's been true in the smallest towns with the smallest African-American populations. It's been true in bigger cities and communities that are heavily people of color, Latino or um, black African-American. It's been young people. It's been people, you know, high school students, people just out of high school. 
and you can hear all of her remarks on the WKOK podcast page, podcast page saying the young people of today will be the borough council members and board members of the future. Another Valley School District pushing back the start of the school year. Danville Area School District Superintendent Dr. Ricky Boyle says the district's pushing back the start of school from August 27th until September 3rd. As of now, the last day for school would be June 4th at Danville. 15 New Valley COVID-19 cases popped up in the Valley yesterday, according to new state numbers, 12 of which were in Northumberland County, two in Snyder County, and Union County had one fewer uh, case. And Michelle Obama delivered a passionate condemnation of President Donald Trump as Democrats opened their national convention. And for the two-hour made-for-TV program Monday night, presidential nominee Joe Biden showed off the breadth of his political coalition to a nation in crisis. Biden's convention gave voice to victims of coronavirus pandemic, the related economic downturn, and police violence. It featured both progressive Democrats. Police violence? Oh, my. That sounds bad. Well, that doesn't doesn't concern <laughs> you that that exists. Well, I don't think on the scale of one to ten that rates a ten. Do you? Mm, well, it's I, there. No, I I mean, guess it's a problem. It's like saying drunk driving. Does that one to ten people die from that? Is it? Where's that rank on the scale? Biden's. Uh, let's see. It's a still a rare occurrence. It's not the general rule. Okay, so let's not solve it. The haves never wish to take good care of the have-nots. That's sort of a <laughs> universal issue. So, anyway, says you. The the uh, convention. Convention featured both progressive Democrats and conservative Republicans united in predicting worse times. Oh, I'm sorry, Kasich's not a conservative Republican. Trump wins. This is another editorial on the part of oh, the almost oh, this is from, Yeah, this is an editorial. This is from the AP's editorial Of course page. it is. <laughs> uh, most of the speeches at the convention curtailed by the virus were pre-recorded and shown on video. And Michelle tape. Obama recorded hers before Biden had even picked Kamala Harris to be his running oh, really? mate. Okay. Which means she didn't really have to comment on her anti-Catholicism. Yeah, she did a super job. I, I was just really impressed. I listened to her remarks this morning, and uh, very inspiring. So I, I hope, and I think everybody should listen to some of these speeches. What is it? Uh, keep your enemies closer, that kind of thing. But keep I, your friends closer. But no matter who your enemies gets, close, your friends closer. I think but, right. Okay. So no matter who gets elected in November, Michelle Obama had some great words that involved us being the best citizens we can be. So uh, well, who's going to come on and say we should be bad citizens in this country? We don't need to concern ourselves with our neighbors. Well, nobody's I saying that think ever. We are currently being encouraged by a president to be bad citizens. <laughs> no, we're not. So. He's talking about the same things. I watched the commercial this morning for Joe Biden about all he's going to do about the pandemic. They're already being done. Really? Yes, oh, it's already God. being done. Everything he said he would do. You know, except the All national right. mask mandate, but the president's encouraged everybody to wear a mask. One of our listeners uh, says, could the post office set up drop boxes for absentee Separate ballots? Drop boxes. Yep, Separate. for uh, the election coming up, and I neglected to read that to the legislator well, that was on the air, about, so I will forward that to well, her. Stop and we'll thinking about an it for a minute. How is that possible? How would that solve the problem? First of all, they don't have unused boxes. The, the days of the corner oh, mailbox brother. are long gone, aren't they? Uh, they don't have a million of okay. them sitting well, around waiting let's to put just out. Tell, uh, Linda, because we think small, we can't solve this issue. Okay? No, I think it's a nice thank idea. You. I think she's trying to be helpful, but I don't think it's very practical. Okay, well, thank you. And the man who's not in charge of anything that lady, nice lady's asking about. You know how many about. corner mailboxes we have in Shemokin Dam? Oh, my None. God. We have a post office. All right. Another listener says, there's plenty of fraud in the election system. A former U.S. 
U.S. congressman was charged Tuesday, and this is a clipping from July. So a former U.S. congressman was charged in July with an indictment unsealed for conspiring to violate voting rights by fraudulently stuffing the ballot box for candidates in 2014, 2015, and 2016. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're long forget, before... bribery of an voting. election official, falsification of records, voting more than once in federal elections, and obstruction of gut justice. Right. And guess what party he belonged to? Well, that's he was a Democrat. He's, he's Philadelphia Democrat, yeah. <laughs> right. So, of course, uh, they're they're virtuous. There wouldn't really be any any fraud. So, what's the if this guy did this, and uh, we have thirty about three hundred million people in the U.S. What percentage of the vote was tainted by him? Would you say very what? very small percentage? But he's right. you're assuming he exists on his own. That there's no others Republican or Democrat who would do the similar thing. And what's your evidence to the contrary? Well, human nature is my evidence to the okay. contrary. So you're saying crime exists in the world, and I should be aware of that. Yes, okay, you really should. You. Noted. And the police protect us from it to All the right. best of their ability. All right. Another clipping is a federal lawsuit contends uh, the state of Pennsylvania is improperly rejecting mail-in ballots over issues with voters' signatures without giving voters a chance to resolve the problem. The campaign legal center filed the suit Friday in U.S. District Court. And I think this is current. Yeah, this is still well, being talked about. we have two calls online and one coming in, so maybe we should take one of them. Mike, you're on the mark. Mike. Yeah, hey, a couple of things here. I wanted to tell you that I've come up with the ultimate uh, 2020 election predictor on who's going to win. I can hardly wait. What is it? And that is, that is this. If Joe Biden sees his shadow when he comes (laughs) out of the basement, it means four more years of President Trump. Ah, uh, you got, like you that. hit that one right on the head. I I couldn't agree with you more. I know the president <laughs> is uh, the president is using a Rorschach type test. He takes the red hair dye and splashes it on a paper, and then he reads the paper. You know, sort of a Rorschach predictor of who's going to win. So he's got the same system set up, only different. <laughs> but those are both superstitious, and that's not the main reason you called, Mike. <laughs> no, it's not. And I, and I wish I could switch the topic and tell you about my Rorschach test that I had to take for a job one time, but yeah. I, it's not suitable for your audience. But anyway, the, uh, the here's the thing about the Democrats, okay? We had Russiagate, we had Ukraine-gate, and now we're having Postal-gate. <laughs> and the first two didn't sack the president, and they're trying to get him with fixing the election. And this is just another red herring that they've thrown out there primarily to affect older voters, okay? They're trying to put the fear of God into older voters, that Trump's trying to kill them with the virus, and now they're trying to say he's taken away the uh, votes of the older people. It doesn't affect, this uh, This voting really doesn't affect the younger people. I mean, heck, half the younger people, they don't even have a checkbook anymore. They do everything online, so they're very familiar with using whatever's necessary without paper, okay? so. I believe that the Democrats, the, the race has to be tightening up because they've, they've pulled out this thing, which is absolutely, with the post office, it's absolutely fake news. They, it's just another controversy that they're trying to smear the president with. The facts do not support the accusations that the Democrats make, okay? There's some very good articles out there that you can read that explains everything that's going on and who's who in the zoo when it comes to this Postal Service thing, and it's all fake news, and it's a red herring. Of course, is it perfect? 
gosh darn it, it's, it's, uh, is it post office isn't perfect? I mean, some people don't get their tax returns uh, where they're supposed to go. There's always mistakes here and there. Uh, postal people work very hard. You know, they, they do. You watch these guys walking around and women passing out the mail. It's not something I'd want to do in every type of weather for a, for a living. But the bottom line is this postal service is a, a scandal or whatever they want to call it. Uh, postal gate is a fake red herring story designed to smear the president. Mike, and, do, you, and, Mike and, do you not think that the president started this by saying that if we mail in ballots, it'll be rife with fraud? I mean, the Democrats didn't start that. He started that a long time ago. <laughs> Okay, what the president, <clears throat> okay, there's, there's two types of news in this country. There's the headlines and, and little snippets out of, a, uh, out of someone's talk that they, they spin into the headline. And the truth is, mail-in ballots have a high potential not only for fraud, but they have a high potential for mistakes, a high potential for ballots being challenged, a high potential uh, for people uh, getting the ballot more more than one ballot people mailing in more and in some states you're allowed to harvest ballots and that is definitely a, a high potential for fraud right. so the truth of the matter is it, he, what he said is true but they turn it into he's trying to steal the election he's pointing out that we need to have safeguards and controls it's like everything else the pre now the president is his own worst enemy i'm going to tell you that right now okay. that's the way he is all right. Well, thank you. We got to move on, Mike. Just one, one yep, thing in response to Mike. Yep, As for you, slowing Mike. down mail delivery, the U USA Today published a fact check where they determined that to be false. The post office claims they aren't slowing down regular or election mail, and the survey or a su study done by USA Today confirms they're not. Not what? Not slowing down the mail. Who said they were? The pre you know, the Democrats are saying the president's trying to slow down the mail. Now, haven't you been paying attention to the news? Right. The net effect is that the mail is going slower. People who are receiving mail know that. Whether the president, but the but president, they're not I, trying I didn't to say slow anything about that anyway. I just said the president says he's concerned about fraud with mail-in ballots. I've seen him say it a, a half a dozen times. So you just have to pay attention to he the is, news. Yes, but You'll they're see not that. slowing it down. They're not deliberately slowing it down. And All you right. left Mike on hold. Uh, oops, that's not the right <laughs> way. Thank you, Mike, for calling in. We got the uh, oh, next thanks, caller man. ready. We'll take a quickie break, and then they'll be back on the radio. There's still a lot of summer left, but time is running out to save on a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. It's the Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia. But you have to hurry in before these deals fade away like the summer sun. Sunbury Motors Kia offers you the low price promise on every new Kia on the lot. Just plus it. 2020 Kia Serenos with up to $7,200 off. As low as $23,998. 2020 Kia Sportages with up to four grand off. Starting at just $22,793. Plus, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you top trade and value for your current vehicle. Bring your trade, look for a sticker, and save. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates, including Sunbury Motors Kia discount. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. I'm reading the first line of an email we just received, uh, but uh, we won't have time for that. We've got to get to the phone. So, uh, Mike, thanks for waiting. You are on the mark. Yeah, this is the other Mike, not the Bizarro World Mike. <laughs> the Bloomsburg Mike. Uh, 
Ms. Culver actually admitted that the uh, unemployment office was underfunded and understaffed and is operating with uh, antiquated equipment. And that was all brought to us by the Republican-controlled legislature, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you're, you're partially mistaken. The governor could have asked for more funding for it over the last seven years, but he hasn't. Oh, you don't know that. Oh, no, he definitely Yes, I do know that. <laughs> because it would, have, know that? it would have been in his budget request. Did you read his budget? Oh, well, the legislature doesn't have a brain in their head to see that something like the unemployment office needs to be... Uh, they, like, they listen to what the governor says. Well, in their, def- oh. in their defense, it was adequate to the job before the pandemic. It was adequate yeah. to the job. Uh, is that what Ms. Culver said? She said they, they, they're underfunded and understaffed, and they don't have the proper computers and equipment they need. Right, and she, she no, she did. She did say that, but the but she also well, what you didn't say, and we didn't ask her, but it was working. In other words, they were able to handle ask her something like that, are you? Huh? <laughs> you wouldn't answer something so, like that. It's too tough of a Mr. question for us. Yeah, we could never do that. No, be impolite. We'd never think of a tough question to ask anybody. No, you're right. Well, hey, they've been in charge since about like 2010, 2011. Do you hold that same standard of the Democrats who've been in charge for you know the two years? I hold that standard to any any politician that's not doing the right thing. Okay. So and what should I'm they not, have done? More, but I guess you're going to argue with me that the legislature doesn't hold the purse strings. Oh, they do. That, no argument. You well, know, they withheld them a little too much at the unemployment office. In retrospect, you're right. Quick, I, you another know, other thing, quick that uh, bizarro world Mike had to say. Trump had a commission early in his administration looking into voter fraud. Does anybody recall that besides me? No, I don't remember that. Sorry. Of course not. <laughs> it was expanded yeah, by themselves because they couldn't find any fraud in the uh, voting system that was worth mentioning. Well, how I don't about, know. You mean to tell me you know you don't remember that? You never heard of that, right? Well, how about the guy in Philadelphia? They found him out. Hey, there's... 300 million people, you know, and you found about one guy. There was also a Republican in the Carolinas that got busted for packing the ballot box. You only mentioned the Democrat. Well, the Democrat was really uh, was charged today. Are you going to care about it or not? No, the Democrat was charged today. The Republicans old news, but I've made it perfectly clear oh. they both do it. They both do it. Well, thank you very much for that, really, because, you know, okay, so, so one Republican and one Democrat, so they cancel each other out. One from one to zero. Actually, there have been more than that, Mike. I mean, there have been a lot well, of instances around the country. That, it's not a significant amount and with 300 million, 321 million people in a country. But if it That's affects like, your vote, doesn't it bother you? What if it's your vote that's affected or your candidate who's adversely impacted? Uh-huh. Then it matters, right? Well, and you well can... I suppose it would, but since uh, Mr. Trump's commission found no... no uh, undue fraud in the system, I guess everything must be okay then, right? But the system wasn't universal mail-in voting at the time. It wasn't the system. What do you mean universal? What are you talking about universal mail-in? That's what the the president's upset about. People that just send out ballots unsolicited. I don't think he has a problem. They send out applications. No, some states are sending out actual ballots. To everybody. Nine states. That's obviously not a very good idea. Well, Well, thank you. The Democrats are supporting it. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. 
you so much for calling. Yes, they thanks, are, thanks Mike. For waiting. What bizarre world are you in? <laughs> All right, 1-800-795-9565. Steve is next up. Good morning, sir, from Sunbury, PA. You're on the mark. Once again, uh, Joe McGranahan's selective <laughs> memory is at work. Mike said, do you remember Donald Trump had a commission on voter fraud? And Joe says, no, I don't remember that. Well, Joe, I remember that. I remember that. And they contacted every single state in the union asking for information. And the state said, no way. You are asking for information that you are not privileged to get. So, sure, I do remember their voter fraud commission, and I have a feeling Joe remembers it. Too. Well, now, wait a minute. Our, our, prior, our, prior caller, our prior caller said that they didn't find any fraud. You're saying they wouldn't give them the information about it. So who's right? The reason I'm calling you You're not answering that I question, caught, Steve. I caught, a few minutes, <laughs> I caught a few minutes of On the Mark, and I listened to the two of you... Uh, quoting an article from Newt Gingrich on Fox News, which is a totally unreliable source. And Newt Gingrich, Newt Gingrich is nothing but a snake oil salesman, <laughs> and the snake oil that he's selling is Donald Trump. So the whole point of Newt Gingrich's article was Kamala Harris hates Catholics. So the two of you, both of you, so you started out by quoting Newt Gingrich. But within a couple of minutes, oh no, you had totally accepted his premise. You totally accepted his premise about Kamala Harris and Catholics. And, and the two of you were saying, boy, who would have thought the Democrats would have checked that out before they nominated her for vice president? Oh, we didn't say I that. Think they, I think they, <laughs> yeah, you did. You did, because I listened to it. I thought, for Pete's sake. No, the president, the whole, who said know, that? Joe the president Biden said that, right? Month he spent months vetting, vetting the uh, women that he uh, was considering. And I'm sure everything that Kamala Harris said about Methodists, Jews, Presbyterians, and Catholics was carefully, carefully read. So anyway, so this morning I go online, and I do find an article that said, uh, yes, Kamala Harris had an issue with uh, something relating to Knights of Columbus. And the writer of the article said, you know what, I, I have an issue with things from Knights of Columbus, too. And the article was written by a nun in the Catholic Church. So all I'm saying is, is this what it's going to be like for the next 80 days? That On the Mark is actually a subsidiary of Fox News, and you'll be spreading lies about... Kamala Harris and the Democrats. They aren't lies about her. She specifically said those things. She questioned whether or not this man should serve as a federal judge because of his association with the Knights of Columbus. And I guess their stand on abortion. Isn't that un-American, Steve? What's that? To, We're, uh, uh, putting some religious... Putting a religious test, putting a religious test to somebody's service. Is that American, Steve? Putting a religious test to somebody's service to the country? Well, how that's about what she did. The Catholic, the Catholic Church uh, wouldn't, uh, you know, they denied John Kerry. Uh, uh, now you're changing. Now you're changing the topic. You're deflecting, as you always accuse me of doing. Right. You've got, you know, you have had throughout the last 25, 30 years, you know what this issue is like. The Catholic hierarchy is going to have issues about Democratic candidates over the abortion issue. And Democrats are going to have issues 
with candidates who don't partic- who don't support uh, choice, so you're always going to have this. But to but to to leave your listeners believing Kamala Harris hates Catholics, that's nonsense. Well, how about the little sisters of the poor? She not only went after them; she went after them hammer and tong over them not over I, their rights to free speech. I don't know a thing about it, Joe. You don't. Well, then, so you I, maybe I'll, look I'll that look one it up. up. But I'm not going to just just because uh, you tell me that. And not only that, you're the one who just six two ca- minutes ago you told me Donald Trump never had a commission. No, I said I didn't remember. Fraud. I said I didn't remember it, Steve. That's been a few years back. But here, six Catholic daughters of charity-run hospitals in California were driven to insolvency by onerous union contracts and sparse Medicare payments. A larger health care system had bid to buy the hospitals and assume their liabilities. However, the deal was opposed by, repre- or by Kamala Harris because the workers didn't like it, and they wanted to have, uh, have to join a union to be part of the contract. Okay. You might look that so, one up, too. Yeah, and I'm sorry that make, you make it sound like I'm supporting Newt Gingrich in this column. It is a fact that he wrote it. It is facts that he's talking about in there. I don't agree with his conclusions, but I'm not going to deny that he wrote it or that she said it. I'm not going to lie on the show just because I'm a Democrat. You know, and, and Joe, the instance you bring up, which <laughs> I'm not familiar with, but I, I'm sure what you read. Uh, has a, a level of accuracy. But to take uh, legal issues and union matters, etc., and to construe them and to leave your listeners feeling that Kamala Harris hates Catholics, because that, that was the upshot of yesterday's phone call. Of the column. You know, well, her actions, uh, we're questioning whether her actions uh, support that. You're saying they don't? What's your evidence that that she loves Catholics? Give me an example of what she's done to promote Catholicism or to support it in any way. Well, this ought to be good. That's her job. Her job isn't to promote Catholicism. Well, her job is the Attorney General. Well, her job she's apparently saying, is to to hurt Catholics or hurt Catholicism. No, not to hurt Catholics. It's to look at the law, to look at a legal matter, and decide what is right in her estimation and what is not right. Well, what was the That's legal matter that made her question a man's ability to serve or fitness for serving I, because he belongs to the Knights of Columbus? That's not a legal matter, Steve. And I, you know, and I'm going to have to. I will have to read that up too because I. I have a hard time believing that it was simply because he was a member of the Knights of Columbus that made her come to whatever decision it is she came on. You know, if you're going, if you're going to, all I'm saying is these are these are legal issues uh, and these are uh, uh, social issues, and to leave people thinking she hates Catholics because that's what you're doing. And that's obviously what Newt Well, Gingrich that's Newt Gingrich's conclusion. That's not ours. No, the judge was a Judge Bosher, B-U-E-S-C-H-E-R, if you're going to look it up. She needled I... him on abortion and gay marriage and insinuated that because the Knights of Columbus and ultimately his Catholic faith uh, were opposed to them, that that should bar him from the bench. Right, he couldn't rule objectively on cases that relate to religion or Catholicism or anything like that. All right, Steve, we got a scoot. Thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. Take care, buddy. Appreciate it. 1-800-795-9565. Chris, stand by.
Oh, whatever. We have to read a correction. It says, Mark, 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 Mark. Fox News did carry the Democratic convention Monday evening. The panel was hosted by Brett Baer, and the panel consisted of a blend of Carmi, uh, party commentators. Sleepy dirt in those peepers? Have a great day. I'm sorry. I didn't watch all night. I only glanced at Fox a couple times, and they were not carrying it, and it wasn't on their programming schedule. But they obviously went to it at some point, and that's your good clipping. And Would you so like to borrow my funnel that. for tonight's program? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got watch watch all of the coverage. The operative word is that I fell asleep before anybody's coverage was even well underway, and I listened to Michelle this morning. So I, I appreciate uh, JB who sent us this email. I appreciate your view on Michelle's speech. I'd like to hear uh, more reviews of that. Another listener says. The Democratic convention was boring, but did you watch President Donald Trump on his stops? He was funny, not boring, and I especially liked his talk with God. If you haven't heard it, look it up. It was very nice. <laughs> yes, I did hear it. I heard it on NPR this morning. Very funny. Uh, I didn't hear it. Oh, it's great. He's uh, talking about uh, the one person he does look up to. <laughs> That's yeah. it. All right, we'll take a quickie break. Chris is on the line, or we're going to talk to him shortly on WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, Joe, this starts here and goes up. And okay, that's laughing out loud, Steve. You complain about Fox News, yet you listen to fake news CNN and MSNBC, who has peddled the Russia collusion lie for over three years, and it's been proven a lie. All right, appreciate the text. we got lots more text there, so well, we, we do have lots that. more, but we've been letting uh, Chris hang for quite a while. Chris, you're on the mark. Well, I don't think it's been proven a lie at all, but uh, it just didn't get him convicted because of the prejudices of the jury. But in any case, uh, first of all, what you said about Kasich was uh, one of your used-to-be favorites was pretty pathetic, Joe. What what I say about Kasich? What I say? What I say? He wasn't a conservative. I don't believe he is. No. Oh, he was a conservative when you liked him. (laughs) I never liked him. I never liked him. I suppose you don't think George Will is a conservative either. No, George Will is a conservative. I'll grant you that. Kasich isn't. I don't believe Kasich is. I believe he's a rhino for sure, and I don't think he's a conservative. Well, first of all, rhino's a slur that's uh, pretty unjustified most of the time. Wouldn't you say you would uh, agree with me that he is one of those, if there ever was one? No. Okay, so... I don't know know too many things he came out of when he was uh, acting that uh, was against... uh, 
what the Republicans wanted. Well, have you always loved him then? You're accusing me of having once loved him and I now hate him. I didn't say I loved him at all. <laughs> okay. Well, then, <laughs> how do you feel about him? I think he's, uh, uh, if you put Republicans on a scale, he l leans toward the better side of the scale. <laughs> That would be the anti-Trump uh, side. I don't. I don't think he would. He would have done much different than say Bush did in office. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, the post office mail is being slowed up. The election mail isn't because the election mail is not out yet. But regular mail is. Yeah, Joe doesn't see that. <laughs> no, I'm so I don't. I don't know the the, the if a, if a, the, the, they need ten more minutes to finish the day's mail, but the truck is due to leave. They leave. They have the truck leave. They they're avoiding overtime, and the mail gets held up for a day. Right, it's not delivered as fast as now normal. I talked to my brother, who's a mail worker in uh, Minneapolis, and he says. It, the problem that they have there is the mail coming that comes through Chicago, in particular, and that most of the mail's on time, but you'll get some mail that's four days late. And right. his theory was that uh, uh, what the mail gets thrown to the side when it's uh, they don't have time to get it off, and then rather than have a bunch of mail go late. They figure it's better for their percentage, I guess, of on-time deliveries if they let some mail sit and be four days late rather than have uh, a much bigger percentage of mail one day late. How about what they but do? That's and just a guess and, and a story from a particular post office. How about what they, and I think this has been confirmed, if you go to the Sunbury Post Office and put an envelope in the Sunbury slot, it gets taken to Harrisburg and then brought back to Sunbury. Uh, not exactly my idea of great efficiency. Well, actually it is because they have the speed sorters in Sunbury. In, in Harrisburg. In Harrisburg. And, uh, but it doesn't need it's, sorted. It's, it's already like been when sent. When they do overnight delivery, you know, they, they ship them all to one place in the United States and then out again. All the companies do that. And it seems like it's uh, if you're doing it from a place that's two hours away or something or uh, eight hours away, it seems like a terrible waste. But it's the only efficient way of doing it. Business modeling, Joe. Sure, it's the FedEx mo mode. <laughs> go to a hub and then take it where it needs to go. Well, we used to have railroad and, and post offices, too. About, I didn't see the Black Lives Matter part. I guess I was out of the room there uh, doing other things. I wasn't watching it from beginning to end. So I missed that, uh, that part. But if you want a bleak view of America, go, go re-listen to Trump's inauguration speech. <laughs> and it only took him three years to get there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's well, I think he, uh, I think he, there was he's a famous for those bleak views, and of course, uh, ten minutes after he was in office, or at least two weeks, America was great again because of the pixie dust he threw in your eyes. Well, I think he had reason to think America was pretty bleak when he took office. Oh, brother. Well, bleak. It's been being on the upswing for eight years after he, yes. uh, the worst thing since the the, the the depression at the time. Says you.
Anyway. Says you, that's fact. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing there that's, uh, that's a factual statement. That's uh, business, actually true. Businesses <laughs> being run into the ground by re- unnecessary but, but regulations. You, in, uh, you like fake, fake facts, I guess. Oh, I like you just what, like to call true facts fake facts. I think what President Trump... You're asking me a question and not news, letting me answer. Fake news doesn't even exist. Listen, President Trump was faced with a country that was morally... Well, not morally bankrupt. Maybe it was morally bankrupt, but it was certainly overly I, dependent I, I, on I, I, foreign I, I countries. I get sick all over you if we were talking in person. Listen, he's he's done his best to bring <laughs> jobs and things back America to the United was States. Sick, and then he, he got elected, and two weeks later, the pixie dust. Yeah, but you know, office, now right? your your boy your boy Biden saying the same thing Trump's been saying all along. We need to bring jobs back to America. We need to have our stuff made here. Yeah, Gee, this is unusual. Man, why wouldn't he believe that? Well, because Trump's been doing it. He's actually been putting the rubber where the rubber meets the road. He's well, been bringing I them think back. You better check your facts on that one. Well, you better check yours. Both of you check your facts. Which, right. which jobs have come back to America and what manufacturer? Let's see, wasn't it wasn't it President back? Obama who said one percent growth is the new normal, and yet we've had three percent growth under Trump? And I love it. You know, you say he didn't shut the economy down First fast of all, enough. Look at the look at the look at the the the, the statistics on that, and you'll find it's a straight line continuum from Obama's last two years to Trump's first two years. Absolutely straight line, on par, same difference, same increase, right along. I think President Trump has brought back more jobs to this country. He's fought for the American worker, which is something the Democrats always say they're doing, but somehow it never quite works out. They fight for the American worker, maybe who belongs to a union, but not every American worker gets that same consideration from the Democrats. Well, you could pass the minimum wage law that the Democrats want. That would solve that problem, wouldn't it? Not really. It would cause more problems. The marketplace will determine what the proper wage is, and no, there should no, be a floor. No, there is no marketplace like that that exists. Yes, there is. Look it's at the everything, people. Everything is controlled to a certain extent. Joe. Look at the people who are paying fifteen dollars an hour now on their own because it's hard to get good people. It's hard to get them to come to work. Yeah, because. Uh, that's right. the marketplace. That's the marketplace, Chris. That's that's the marketplace. And then uh, then if there's a, uh, something like the if something happens, then all of a sudden it goes down to four dollars an hour, huh? Well, yeah, if that's the what the marketplace would bear, you know, I don't think that would ever happen and because then the government's sending out support checks to everybody. Well, Wonderful. they're doing that anyway, aren't they? And I mean, why, why are uh, some workers getting government support? Or you're just supporting the, the workers. Well, you're just supporting the companies. Not some the of them are. Some of them are getting that. more more money now than they did when they were working. Good. Well, well, yeah, good. right. That now that doesn't encourage you not to work. Come on, wake up. If you, if I told, encourage you not to work. Do you know anybody? Well, let me put it to you this way. Let's Do say you know I. Anybody? Let me answer your question. Where are these people? If you gave me twice as much money to sit at home as to do this program, I'd I'll sit at home. I'll give you twice as much money to uh, to stay off on the mark. How about that? 
All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll expect your first check. The minute I receive your first check and it clears, I'll stay home. Thank you so much, Chris. we got to move on. Thanks, Chris. Thanks Take care. Take care, buddy. Now we do have another call coming in, so we'll have that on the radio. Uh, emailers and text. Go, go, go. Right. This one says, Mark and Joe, being a longtime listener, I've noticed over and over again that whenever a Democrat calls in, they are always trying to bully Joe. They are very snarky and will not engage in a civil conversation. They all have amnesia of what has happened under Democratic rule. And then another email says, I don't have any issues with Kamala except for one, Kamala. She's a Democrat. That's the package she wrapped, she's wrapped up in, and I believe they are not leaders. They are confused about law, and sometimes I wonder where their minds really are. Okay, start here. Oh, uh, no, no, that's a No, that's the middle. I can't start there. Yeah, that, now I messed it up. Uh, LOL, Chris, the Trump-Russia no. collusion okay. hoax has been a proven lie. It was all based on the dossier that has been proven, a lie, all paid for by by the Clinton campaign. The Obama administration used it to gain FISA warrants and lied to the court while doing it. The information is out there, Chris, if you will turn off CNN and MSNBC. All right, we'll take a quickie break. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. We indite, invite you to do... <laughs> we'll indict you, too, if you don't go there. We'll indict you. If you, if you go someplace else, you're going to get indicted. So, Well, that's true. An indictment is really just a statement of missteps. So right. uh, if you would like to take the proper steps, go to the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles. They got the body shop. Uh, they got the insurance desk where they can work out your insurance claim. Uh, they got the alignment shop. They got the parts shop, the big truck shop, the tow truck shop, and uh, they also pump you up with nitrogen. That's what I've done many, many times. And they are open on the quick lane Monday through Friday, 6.30 to 6 p.m., Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Oh, you can make an appointment at sunburymotors.com. Drop off your car anytime. You can wait for it if you'd like to get the vehicles uh, checked out at the quick lane. There's just no better garage to go to than the quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, PA. There's still a lot of summer left, but time is running out to save on a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia. It's the Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia. But you have to hurry in before these deals fade away like the summer sun. Sunbury Motors Kia offers you the low price promise on every new Kia on the lot. Just listen. 2020 Kia Serenos with up to $7,200 off. As low as $23,998. 2020 Kia Sportages with up to four grand off. Starting at just $22,793. Plus, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you top trade and value for your current vehicle. Bring your trade, look for a sticker, and save. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. The Summer Sticker Sales Event at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates, including Sunbury Motors Kia discount. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, first up is Al. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Morning. Did you say Al? Yep. Hey, Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I got to turn the radio down the rest of the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I was watching Fox with my funnels on, and I told uh, Kamala or Kamala or whatever you call uh, Senator Harris was on the uh, Ellen DeGeneres show, and Ellen DeGeneres tried to make a joke and said if uh, President Trump, Vice President Pence, and I guess Spencer Spacer was the uh, 
spokesperson at the time all went into an elevator and you were in there with them, which, which one wouldn't come out? And she just said, uh, does any of them have to come out alive? <laughs> okay. So there That's you a go. Slapper. She, she's a toughie. We're going to have a tough time with her. Because she likes to do that, and she likes to kill babies, you know, after they've been born. She goes right along with that Virginia governor. Uh, and she's going to have Mike Pence for lunch, I guarantee you that. You better believe it. And uh, you believe Biden, it? he couldn't be in the Dykes of Columbus now because his views are wrong. Uh, we want money men. He'd be out. Um, and he can't take communion. He can't do that. Because... Uh, we take this stuff seriously. No, there's and only been uh, one. There's only been one priest that denied him communion. I think he gets communion at his home parish. I think the priest was rebu- no, repudiated. Shouldn't. Let's put it this way: he shouldn't. He shouldn't. He shouldn't even go up there himself. He should go to confession first and say, "Get my mind right, babies." Begin with this conception. But you see that you're you're doing the same. Wade is not a law. You're doing the same thing Kamala Harris is doing. I mean, you're saying that because I don't have my your religious views, I should be punished in some way. That that's not the American way. We're entitled to our own views. Very judgy. I'm saying as a Catholic, as a Catholic, he you know yourself that he should not be taken uh, communion. I don't think that's for me to decide. Right. I think it's up to God to no, decide where his heart is, I mean, not me. You do a test. You do a test before you go into confession. You do a test on yourself, and and he would does it honestly. He's got problems, and that's where God comes in. I mean, I had a problem that was so heavy a burden that I couldn't okay. even carry it until I finally figured out it's a burden that I don't have to have anymore because I have forgiveness. Listen, we got another caller, and we got to let them on the air, too. Thanks, Al. Appreciate your call. Yep. yep call thank you very much. We have more time. Stan, you're probably going to help us close out the show. Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, on employment, uh, as far as, you know, people getting the extra money, my understanding is state law in this state, Now I ain't saying this for every state, but in this state, if you're called back to your job, and you refuse to go, you lose on employment. So whether you're getting the extra 600 which isn't there anymore, or just a regular unemployment, if you refuse to go back to work, and you're because you're supposed to be able and ready at all times when you file unemployment to go back to work. But wasn't there some caveat that if you were afraid to go back to work, you could keep the $600 from the feds, you would lose the state money, but you'd be able to keep the $600 from the feds, keep that coming well, back when it was on I, I think you're right. But, but the state the state system runs the whole work. All that money was coming through the state system. So I don't know how they would differentiate between the two when they were doing it. Okay. All right. But you are right. I mean, if you, I mean that's... <clears throat> You are right, but the employer would have to file against you, because part right. of part of the employer pays part of the charge for unemployment, and he would have to request a relief from charges, saying that I had work available and uh, you didn't want to take it, so therefore I asked to be relieved of the charges. You might still right, be eligible for unemployment, but it, your employer wouldn't have to pay the freight. Right now, up, up where I work, okay, they laid a bunch of people off during this because they weren't sure what was going to happen. They left people take early outs and left them collect, continue to collect the unemployment. Now, but they do that a lot of places, my understanding. 
All right, we got you. Thank you so much. Call earlier tomorrow. Thanks for all the texts and emails and the information. Yep, appreciate that. One of our good listeners says there's definitely a disincentive to return to work if you were getting the $600, but that has expired, so that takes care of that. This is WDK, okay, Sunbury.